Hello everybody and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. This is episode number seven of season two. Thank you so much to the 150 people that have downloaded an episode of our podcast in the last 30 days. Total of 253 downloads this season so far, which is far beyond last season before the World Cup. Our World Cup numbers sort of exaggerate season one a little bit, uh, but ignoring the World Cup far and beyond. So thank you very, very much for that. Just I just wanted to say thank you before we got into everything. Toby still not here again this week. Personal loads of loads of positive personal stuff going on with Toby. So we still wish him the best. But Robin, you're you're still with me. So um, thank you for joining me. Otherwise, I'd be by myself. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't be the first time, would it? But yeah, <laughs> my my pleasure. It's um, it's been an interesting week for me. I've been I've redone my bathroom. I've changed the car battery, which I've never done before. So my hands are tired, <laughs> but luckily. In between all that, I've made time to watch. I actually got, I've actually got a Now TV pass because I realised that there's no better time to get it than right at the start of the season. I know I've missed a few games, but yeah, I've now it. got Sky Sports, which is going to just completely revolutionise my rugby league intake. Because <laughs> you're going to be able to watch NRL and you're going to be able to watch yeah. Super League. Like we've obviously got the Premier Sports Fireplay package that we share that we can share between us. I don't know if you guys use it, like you and Toby. I don't know if you guys have the login and use that. But we obviously Monday night games are able to watch. I've got watch NRL. So between us, I think we watch loads of rugby. Uh, yeah, is, there's almost too really much good. to fully see. Yeah, I always seem to catch up on my Thursday and Friday night games in an evening. So I always try and avoid the NRL yeah. results and then try and watch them before or after Super League, um, just to try and get it in. There's big news to talk about. Well, I say big news. It's older news. It came out six days ago. It came out between us recording the last episode and the last episode coming out. So we haven't had a chance to speak about it. Um, so we're going to touch on it, but not go into great detail. Uh, Ralph Rimmer's replacement has been officially appointed and interim boss Tony Sutton has been confirmed as the new chief executive. He joined as director of finance and chief operating officer uh, back in... 2017 and I, I've met him I've spoke to him post both in person on calls regarding IMG and youth board meetings and I really get along with the bloke I think he's fantastic and I do think this is a kind of a step forward I just didn't know what your kind of take on it was whether you think this is a good move yeah I mean I, I don't know like a lot about the guy but um like what I'm, what I'm reading in the article since this announcement has been pretty positive I mean it's not not going to not be is it but just the fact that he, he worked for 13 years at Hull FC and obviously he's been with, with the RFL since 2017 so he's he's, re, he's well experienced you know what I mean like we can trust that he knows what the um, relevant issues in rugby league are and how we got here yeah. um, which is is a positive but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah really really looking forward to seeing how, how Tony gets on and I've emailed him and I've wished him the best and I hope that mine and his working relationship within the, the sport of rugby league is is going to continue, even despite the fact he's going to be ten times as busy now as probably he ever has been. Simon Johnson obviously had to say that he'll be really he'll be able to use his relationships and learnings to drive the sport forward, and apparently he's been played a key role in supporting and developing the league's relationship with IMG, which we discussed last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go and listen to it. It's not time sensitive 
so you can go back and listen and whatever there's, there's no like major breaking news on the main topic so please go back and listen to that there is a little bit of like time sensitive breaking news last week I was watching the Leeds game and all of a sudden Cruz Lehman wasn't able to play and it was like why like for me one of their best players when they let Brad Dwyer go I thought oh this is Cruz Lehman's time to shine at the Rhinos and it just yeah. and it hasn't hasn't worked out for him Jared O'Connor's been in there um, at nine and it just hasn't really worked out for him Turns out he could be going to the Gold Coast Titans. Potentially could have been going to the Cowboys, but they've emphatically denied that, according to the mole. What do you take on this move? Because this is this is this is this is weird. Cruz leaving to the NRL. Yeah, not the one that I saw coming. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he is a, a first choice um, pick at nine in the NRL, or, or whether he's going to be like more of a, of a backup, maybe coming off the bench or something. Um, but I mean, considering his sort of captaincy leadership role at Leeds, which I actually think he does quite well. I, I quite like him. He's quite level-headed, and he, he does seem to be able to um, manage the players around him and things like that. So it, it would be—I don't know—it would be it'd be interesting to see how it goes in the NRL, and if someone does give him a shot to sort of do that, like in a much bigger environment. Um, I guess like the fact that he's 27. Um, he's still got quite a few years ahead of him, but it is kind of the perfect time for him to go over there and um, like give it a good crack. And I think from an English perspective, before the World Cup, when we were going through the squads like for, for all the time leading up to it, the hooker position was something that we really weren't sure about since Roby announced his retirement. And we were sort of like jumping between them. And, and as it turned out, Andy Akers came in and um, I think he surprised a lot of people, like me included, and he did a really good job. But Cruz Lehman now going to the NRL, getting that extra experience, could could be um, a better fit. And so, from an English perspective, like I, I'm, I'm, I feel really quite positive about it. I, I wish him the best of luck, and I think it could it could go well. On the other hand, it could be terribly bad for his career if he's not getting game time. And yeah, for yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first rumour was the Cowboys, potentially, but they've got Jake Granville and Reese Robson, so there's no room for him in that Cowboys team. You're looking at potentially the Gold Coast Titans. They've had a big injury to Sam Verrill, so it looks like he could be going there. But other clubs include Brisbane Broncos and St. George Laura Dragons. So, I mean, the fact that there isn't a, a, a clear-cut choice on this for, for the obviously, the media to pick at shows that maybe this isn't... There's, there's no done deal, but the fact he's been mm. given permission means that there must be an offer on the table that he's accepted or potentially going to accept, whether he goes on loan, potentially. I, I don't really know. Um, uh, someone move it, potentially moving the other way at the end of the season, though. Luke Brooks's contract is up at the Tigers. He's rumoured to be coming over to Super League to play for the Leeds Rhinos, as both Aidan Caesar and Blake Austin are out of contract. So Rhinos looking to go the other way get rid of their two halfbacks and bring in Luke Brooks which as a Tigers fan bring him in now yeah you're done with get, him like get rid of him now like I'm um, Brandon Wakeham Adam Dwayne Dane Laurie happy with that like I'm so happy with that that, that is your f- one six and seven with Coruscant at nine Bateman and Papaliti in the second row oh come on sort it out lads we've got this Get rid of Brooks now. If if Leeds want him that badly, offer him out now. Get him off your contract. 
Yeah, but I mean, they that would probably need leads to reshuffle what they've got, and yeah, might, their hands yeah. might be a bit tied there. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, they don't think they wouldn't be able to afford his one point one million. That's for sure. Um, for this crazy, season, and crazy. Yeah, it just it's, it'll be very, very interesting to see. So yeah, and but I, just, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I think, I think to be honest, Austin and Caesar's not really been the um, partnership that people are really excited to see. I don't think it's terrible, but I just don't think that it's. I think it's re- it's been really inconsistent, and it's not something that you can um, sustainably make a genuine charge at a league leader shield or anything like that <clears throat> um and the other thing that's quite interesting is is sort of um a bit of deja vu from when leeds brought over Tui lola here from west tigers and and that was a failed experiment and they um swapped him swapped him for robert louis and then and then he turned great at huddersfield so I don't know. Maybe maybe history repeating itself a little bit there. Yeah, maybe other news like from the NRL and Super League transfer wise, Kai Pierce Paul could be heading over to Newcastle earlier. Um, but there are now rumours that there rumours from the NRL that he's going to come over earlier in the season. Newcastle would like him to come over now, which is very interesting because Dom Young has just been dropped um, from the Newcastle Knight squad the same week that there's rumours that he's going to be going to the Roosters immediately. So, is he being dropped so he can go to the Roosters for them to bring Kai Pierce-Paul in? Who knows? It's going to be very, very interesting to see. There's something going on with the Canberra Raiders, though, as well. As well. Danny Levi goes with a broken jaw, uh, jaw uh, in one of his first games back, along with Xavier Savage. So, broken jaws galore at the Raiders at the moment, which is which is mental. Yeah, it's not often you hear that. Maybe, maybe um, Cruz could go over there. They're missing Danny Levi. Yeah, maybe. I wonder what Toby would think about that. We'll have to ask him and see if he if he's happy with Cruz leaving to potentially become a Raider. Because if Levi misses the rest of the season, I know they get some sort of salary cap dispensation, don't they, if there's season-long injuries mm. or something like that. We wanted to talk Super League today more in more depth before we go into Championship and look at Challenge Cup. But... The table sort of starting to take shape a little bit. Yeah, it's just I'm quite interested because there's two unbeaten teams at the moment, but there's also two teams that I, I don't think either Cass or have Cass won a game yet. So yeah, Cass they did, managed they did win, to they finally yeah, they get that win against Leeds. They did. Um, a quite a very scrappy game, wasn't it? But did you see? Did you see how they were celebrating afterwards? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because this is—we knew this Leeds team wasn't great. Two wins from yeah. four. We know they weren't amazing, and we thought, oh, but they're good enough to beat this cast team because this cast side is woeful. Turns out everyone was wrong. They are not good enough to beat this cast team, and everyone was wondering where Cast would get their first win, and everyone thought it'd be later on against Wakefield in April. That's not happened. This is this is weird because this this is just. I didn't think Cass would be this bad. Lee have won two games now. They've got they've mm. won the same amount of games as the Huddersfield Giants and St Helens. Yes, both the Giants and Saints have still got to play each other, but that still means after five games or five rounds, one of these teams would have played the two of the teams we thought would be that would be at the top of the league are going to be on the same amount of points as Lee. And Warrington and Catalan are both unbeaten. Both unbeaten, yes. Yeah. And, and scary good, scary good rugby at the minute. 
Yeah, it is, and it's all all sort of like building up to watch Catalans and Warrington in I think it might be round seven. They'll be playing each other, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I mean, speaking of like Castleford and Leeds are now playing Warrington and Catalans this week, so I think that unbeaten run will continue for those two teams. Um, interestingly, we've also got Salford and Wigan playing against each other, which is third and fourth, and that'll sort of iron out the difference between those two clubs. Um, I think Wigan are, are kind of a bit of a dark horse as well, actually. I know that they have lost two games already this year, one of them being against Catalans. But their defence is actually the best in the league. I know Huddersfield have conceded less points, but because they've played less games yeah. per game, um, Wigan are actually um, really defensively going well and, and they have actually got the um, second best attack in the league as well. So um, until everyone's played each other once, that's kind of one of the strongest indicators of how a team's going. And So I think Wigan are... are despite the fact they're four points off the top two, um, they're, they're looking strong. So that, that game against Salford's going to be really important to see whether or not they can sort of make a break and, and try and chase down these these top two or whether we're going to see a two-horse race this year. Yeah, and that's something we, we spoke about just before we came on there. We're looking at our fantasy teams and who would be captain. And you said you captained Bevan French, I believe you said. And yeah. Wigan more defensively sound this year but they have scored the second amount of most of the points so they're still scoring points but they're defending a lot better so we're not looking at Wigan going they still haven't scored in six halves of rugby or they haven't scored yeah. in three halves of rugby in a row like we were towards like this time last year they're scoring points and they're defending and they're, when you look at their points difference it's only three less than Warrington having, having won two less games yeah I'm I'm intrigued to see the, the the at the minute I'm not surprised at the bottom two Lee to playing better than we everyone thought they would but I'm, I can't really be surprised with the team that they've got I I don't as a Lee fan I'm not as as, as if I was a Lee fan even I wouldn't be worried about getting relegated this year I, I'm not yeah I think that I'd they... actually be looking at that top six more than anything especially after five games just need to score mm -hmm. just need to be a bit more solid going forward. Yeah, I mean, to, to bag a win against Saints is kind of... Well, I don't know. I was gonna, I was about to say it's kind of a bit of a freebie, but Saints have got a habit of losing against um, the worst team of the year, haven't they? Like, they for quite a few seasons now, they've done that. They've lost to, like, the bottom seeded team. And the, the thing is, that's not a rotated Saints team that was played. Yes, it wasn't as strong as potentially what it could have been, but yeah. it's, it's still one of the strongest squads in the league. But they're not very good at playing against lower opposition. They step up in games. They don't step back very yeah. well. And teams step up to them and play better than them and shock them. And we've seen that this season again. They've lost yeah. twice. They've lost twice this season. They won't want to lose again for the next six, seven weeks. They want to be after after ten games. They want to be eight wins, two losses. They won't want to be four and six or six and five or whatever in seven weeks yeah. time. They they want to be able to win the next six or seven games on the bounce. Even if yeah, they are against Warrington, Catalan, Wigan, they want to be up there. Yeah, the next next game against Huddersfield, so that's the chance to sort of leapfrog again from sixth to fifth, um, and, and on points difference maybe up into fourth. But re like saying it's quite interesting, really. I mean, what what they've been able to do to win so much for so long is pretty incredible, and it's like 
it, it must just be it's like running through treacle now at this point for him surely I, I, I find it hard to believe it's any other way that they've just come off the back of winning against St George and Penrith being named the top club in the world in Australia and all that stuff and then they've got to come back to the start of like the sixth consecutive season of going for the the trophy yeah it must be like fatigue must be setting in for those players that have been there a long time and and all the you know the staff and things that tend to not change so quickly it's like when are they going to fall off everyone's out to get them and we've sort of seen it a little bit we've seen a little bit of a dip and then that how they played against Hull this weekend wasn't um they did they did enough to win, but it wasn't solid, it wasn't complete. And more it was probably more a reflection of Hull balling it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's just really interesting now. We've got we've got five games in and we're starting to see it take shape and there's the storyline starting to emerge. It's, yeah, I'm very very much looking forward to see how how it goes over the next few weeks. Yeah, me too. And as a as a Halifax fan, looking at the championship and you as yourself as a York fan, the championship is exactly the same. There's some stories here that are like, damn, okay, there's, there's, this is not going to be an easy league for, for anyone, even Featherstone and Toulouse. You look, you're looking down the bottom of the table, Barrow Raiders haven't won a game. They've had a draw against Newcastle. Um, but at the top, Featherstone, six wins from six, but now they've lost in the cup against Halifax. Toulouse are five wins, one loss. They've lost to Bradford. Bradford have lost two. Sheffield a third, lost two. Halifax and New York holding up that fifth and sixth. The shock for me is London winning two out of six games, but their points difference is only four. So they're winning games, they're winning really close games. Mm. It's it's going to be difficult for London and the teams that we're expecting to see get high IMG scores based on their area. They really need to start performing well in the league, especially Newcastle, London, York. They need to. York has pretty, actually three wins out of six. I'd be pretty happy, especially after that first game against Witness, sitting above Witness so far. What's your yeah. take on that? All these teams managing to beat each other, and we we always it's say six to six to eleven, six to twelve. That's tough in the championship, but it's yeah. gonna, it looks like it's going to be third to tenth is going to be tough to place this year. It's so cool, isn't it? Like we, I feel like we we're not going to know the final order until really far into the season like potentially the last couple of rounds are going to still have changes which is really really like exciting I mean like as you probably feel with Halifax being a, being a York fan it's nervous it's like we could one week we could be leapfrogging the table the next week we could be staring down at the bottom of the table so it's it's just great it's just what exactly what we want and and in a way I mean Featherstone aren't, aren't a million miles off um, sort of like that third place spot like you know they're all sp- spread out between eight and four points whereas then Featherstone's another four point jump ahead with 12 yeah but like Featherstone can be yeah. beaten We've seen like facts have proven that Fev, Fev can be beaten by a team in their league, and I'm just really interested. And we've got a lot of championship versus championship ties in the fifth, in the fourth round of the Challenge Cup coming up, and that's I'm excited about that because there's some absolute crackers coming. Yeah. Up. Um, 
I just think, wouldn't it be cool if um, those top two, Featherstone and Toulouse, were in the Super League? Yeah. And you would you would literally have like an open race. It would be so difficult to call. Or, or even not. I, I don't, this is this is this is going to sound really bad, right? You have three leagues of twelve. Having a fourteen team league makes that top one and top bottom. Then them two teams always in the championship. You kind of know who it's going to be. Yeah. Like last year, we knew who was going to get relegated. We knew who was going to go up. And this year, it's the same. And yeah. we know that Featherstone and Toulouse are going to be at the top two. And we know that Newcastle and Barrow are potentially going to be the bottom two. Whitehaven, might, fortunes might change. They've re-signed Ryan King after he was released from Halifax. That's going to be really interesting. I'm just in... I just, I'd like to see the championship be even tighter. And I'd like to see League One be pushed to 12 teams. It's a 10-team league, but it's really easy to... It's, it's easy to be split. You've got a bottom three, a middle four, and a top three. That's the way I see it, anyway. And yeah, so, yeah. Some teams have only played once because West Wales have pulled out. So Cornwall and Oldham have only played one game so far this season, whereas Dewsbury, Doncaster, Hunslet, Midlands, North Wales, and Scholars have all played three games. But yeah, and that's these, going to be really difficult to catch up on. These postponed and cancelled fixtures in League One, they haven't looked at them and rearranged them and gone, actually, instead of this game, well, you guys can play this week. Like whoever Hunslet, whoever didn't, whoever isn't playing this weekend. Obviously, Hunslet West Wales has been cancelled, but there's eight teams there. It, to me, it looks like I'm trying to figure out who it is that hasn't got a game. I can't see who hasn't got. Whichever League One team doesn't have a game this weekend because Hunslet were due to play West Wales. Why are Hunslet not playing their game against them this week? Do you know what I mean? You've got ten teams in the league. You should have five fixtures every weekend. That needs. To, I feel like they could have sorted that out. They knew early enough in the year to re, to sort fixtures out like that. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure where to look at that. Do, do you know the reason for the like why they have been called off? Because West Wales pulled out the league, didn't they? So right. they've, they've just been can those fixtures have been cancelled, and instead of like fitting the fixtures in for that team with the buy to play the team that was due to play West Wales. They've just ah, left the fixtures as they were, so you're only getting four games a week rather than five. When there's so then t two teams are always got a week off. Yeah, I see what you mean. That that just doesn't make sense, does so, it? <laughs> You've got a ten-team league, so yeah, they should always be. Like, no one should have a buy now. No, no one. There's no need to have a buy. So obviously that doesn't work in the NRL now. You've got seventeen teams, but they had sixteen teams. They were always having a buy week. There was always some teams with buys later in the year. And, to me, it never really made sense, but I, they, they never really do make sense over in, in the NRL. Speaking of fixtures coming up, the, the Challenge Cup fourth and fifth round ties have been made. Before we get into this, before we get into the ties, why? What, what are your thoughts on the Challenge Cup and why the Super League teams are coming in so late? This is gonna, there's going to be four teams left from potentially the community side, League One and Championship, and then you get 12 Super League teams. They're not. They're only playing two games and getting to well three games to get to Wembley rather than four or five. Yeah, it's it's not right, is it? It's not. I I know that we want to keep it competitive, and I mean the the, the fixtures that we have here in round four are actually there's a lot of really good ties in there. Yeah, definitely. But if, and, you, if you threw twelve championship teams into there, or sorry, twelve super league teams into there. Play. And made that a bigger round. You had an extra tie or something, however many extra ties you need to get that in. This would be mm. unreal because you've got two amateur, old oh, community sides, 
and you've got and you could potentially have super league sides in the fifth round i don't see why you can't they can't have arranged that sort of thing just to get them in a round earlier yeah and, and even if you seed it like even if you say if the top eight come in later yeah definitely and the bottom four from the last season going around early and we've got an extra two games yeah that's that i like i'd like that idea then there's, yeah. then there's a, a way of actually you, there's a reason for finishing just because you don't make the playoffs if you make the top eight you play a game less in the challenge cup you come in around later yeah. so you don't have to worry about potentially playing earlier like sort of thing I, I, I like that idea that's a good little idea so it's just I'd, I'd like to see that change next year I'd like to see IMG look at that and go actually let's just throw everyone in at once or just throw everyone in round one and see what happens that'd be yeah, but... that'd be even better i think just throw everyone because especially because like when we went through it and there's there's bonus points for for um the challenge cup and things and it's like well only a super league club is going to get that when they only have to win three games yeah. do you know what i mean like it it's not that is a little bit unfair that's not actually a level playing field at all no it needs to be a level playing field and if you're going to put it on a level playing field everyone needs to play in round one, don't they? That that's well, that's, yeah, that's, that's maybe two. That's, <laughs> yeah. Or do like... you bring in the league? What do you bring in the championship sides with Super League sides? So they're all so they're yeah. Coming I think that would time. work. I think that would because work. Halifax, prime example. Halifax here, right? They've just beat Fev. Now they've got to go and face Barrow, who were a playoff team last year. And if they beat yeah. Barrow, they've potentially got Bradford or Midlands Hurricanes, likely to be Bradford, if you're going on league position, but. You've got yeah. Fev, Barrow, Bradford into a into the last four of the teams that have been in it to then potentially face Saints in the next round or <laughs> yeah. and you're not even at the quarterfinal stage. You're at the you're at the round of sixteen. Like that's yeah, it's an on. almighty shift. That, it is, that is a that is a tough cut run. Like York have got Sheffield. Um it's tough. It's really tough. But I'd, I'd like, I am really looking forward to some of these ties. I mean Keithley versus North Wales. A battle that we saw quite a lot in League One last year. I'm sure Toby's looking forward to yeah. that one. I'm looking forward to Halifax potentially reaching the fifth round. The fact that Midlands are playing Bradford um, is really is nice for me. London getting they've got Doncaster who are unbeaten in League One. Dewsbury unbeaten in League One. I've got Widnes at home. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. Some cracking ties in this round. That would be Dewsbury's chance to prove that. They they are better than League One in a way, so yeah. that that one in particular stands out for me. Yeah, and the one that's the, the, my standout fixture for this one is Rochdale Mayfield, or well actually that and the Hunslet amateur game because Hunslet yeah. ARLFC have got further than Hunslet. <laughs> yeah, and they've played more games, but Rochdale yeah. Mayfield could potentially beat Newcastle Thunder and then do York Knights in in the fifth round. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll see. That's the way. Well, I, you, like, that's my dream. I'm, I mean, York Knights have got to get there against Sheffield, which is the team currently sat in third. So yeah, it's a tough. Game. Yeah, like both both York and Sheffield will really want to win that because, no disrespect, but it's an easier draw in the fifth round than it is in the fourth round. So there's a lot riding on that game as well. Yeah, there's so much riding on these games. Uh, just just to wrap up those fourth round ties, it's York versus Sheffield, um, Rochdale Mayfield versus Newcastle Thunder, London Broncos versus Doncaster, Dewsbury Rams versus Witness Vikings, Hunslet Amateur Rugby League Football Club 
versus Batley Bulldogs, Keithley Cougars versus North Wales Crusaders, Halifax Panthers versus Barrow Raiders, and the Midlands Hurricanes versus the Bradford Bulls. That Midlands Hurricanes versus Bradford Bulls game has been moved to Odsall, by the way. It's not being played in um, Birmingham at the Midlands Hurricanes because they play... Even though the Midlands Hurricanes play at the Alexander Sports Centre or the Sports Arena Stadium, they this season they're playing on the training pitch next door. They're not playing on the main stand because of all the athletics and everything that's going on. So they haven't had time to to bed the pitch in for the rugby league. So they're going to be doing right. that for next season. So because they're playing on the um, the training pitch, the capacity they don't feel like they're going to have enough. So what they've done is they've switched the fixture, just like they did for Witness versus West Warriors and. They're yeah. gonna, and they're going to get more money because the gate receipts for Challenge Cup games are split 50-50 between the two clubs in all but the all but the final basically. Um, yeah. I don't know what the I don't know how they work the final, but for the cup ties, all the gate receipts are split 50-50. So they should, that's yeah, why. I'm, that's I'm why. Imagine the RFL do... just pockets it all. <laughs> the final. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to hope not, but uh, <laughs> be very interesting. The way Spanish football do it is when the um, because they don't split it 50-50 the, the lowest ranked team always plays at home so they get right. the, the biggest gate possible which I quite like I quite like that rule but obviously you can't, yeah, you, cool. can't you can't necessarily do that in rugby league because of safety and ground safety and mm. especially at amateur uh, community clubs because they obviously share grounds and everything else yeah. the London Broncos I... game versus Doncaster is taking place at Roslyn Park not at um, Wimbledon because Wimbledon have got a home game as well so if you guys yeah. haven't seen that and you want to get to those games they are in different places I do think that um, it's a shame that we're not we haven't got like Bradford who are a big rugby league brand in Birmingham do you know what I mean in the Midlands yeah it, it's that's a real missed opportunity I think really we've, we've, there's a few weeks to organise a, a different venue it just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to not, you know, do you know what I mean? We could have took took the Challenge Cup on the road, took it to a new new place with a strong brand. Yeah. And instead, it's just another game at Oddsall. Yeah, just another game at Oddsall that the Midlands Hurricanes are likely to struggle in because they struggled against Oral St. James. So I think Bradford are going to run away with this one, which is really sad to see. I have to mm -hmm. mention one more thing. I know, that, like we said, there isn't a lot to talk about because it is a shorter episode this week. And so we do apologise. But it's first versus second in the NRL on Friday morning. It's Brisbane, oh. it's Brisbane Broncos versus the Dolphins. It's way that, it's, that, that's, that's perfect, yeah. isn't it? They're both unbeaten as well. The NRL is rigged. <laughs> There's no way. The NRL is scripted, isn't it? It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, that that's really cool. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Dolphins won? No, I don't want the Dolphins to win. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a now TV passing, so the world of the NRL is, is <laughs> on my doorstep. And I've been watching a little, a little bit, and I, um, I was really impressed with Reese Walsh for Brisbane. He I think unreal. he's like that—that's a player that you can build a, a Premiership off, like a bit like um, Jared Hayne in his prime. Yeah, like just so exciting, so dynamic, like just. He just appears everywhere on the pitch and he's just got everything, doesn't he? He's got yeah, he a mint passing game, he's got great step, speed. He's pretty strong as well. He's pretty well built. Uh, kicking game. Uh, yeah, and, and, and with um, Adam Reynolds to like really pull the strings and he's linking up well with 
Ezra Mum. I was, I really like this Brisbane team. I, I think they're really cool and like a team I can get behind. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the NRL pans out this year. I mean, the fact that West Tigers have lost three from three was just getting is getting to me a little bit. But that second half comeback on the weekend, or the fight back, not the comeback because we didn't win the game, but the fight back from the weekend was. Oh, they did try really hard. <laughs> that sounds so condescending. That was yeah, so... It, it was meant to be. Well, you well, you've to, got. Did you go to the York game at the weekend? I I didn't go. No, I'm I bet you're glad. You know. I bet you're glad. Yeah. You know. I know. I know. Um, just shows though, doesn't it, how competitive this championship is? Yeah, it is. It's, it's scary good. Um, I think my game of the weekend though, Salford versus Wakefield, and I love the tweet from the admin as well. You put it in the chat. It was meant to be eighty-five minutes, but they tweeted a hundred and fifth minute, and you were like, "What the what the hell's going on here?" Oh yeah, that was Tubbs watching oh, watching Toby. this. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Toby tweeted. Uh, well, Toby sent the screenshot of the Salford uh, admin tweeting hundred and five Sneed, and then they replied, uh, "Sorry, eighty-five minutes on the clock." Got a little bit excited there. Um, <laughs> three drop goals in that game. It was Lino versus Sneed. Um, so really, really well done. Salford finally getting over, but Salford struggling against Wakefield, but sitting, sitting fourth in the table. So fourth, like yeah. you said, we said Wakefield haven't won a game, but could they win a game this week? It's just, it's going to be. T- if Wakefield had won that game, they'd still been on two points, still be bottom of the table. But we'd have been going, oh, okay, maybe they're not as bad as what we thought because they just beat Salford, sort of thing. But yeah. I'm 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 glad we're not doing the predictions this year because uh, I think yeah. I would have just been way off. I think we all would have been way off. Although I'd have got a point for Lee beating Saints because I said they'd do it. You did, you did say that. I we have put it, it on record. <laughs> I think, but I think on this occasion, the flip of the coin would probably have been doing better than us. Yeah, I gen- I, I I think that if we'd have done it against like Chat GPT, then Chat GPT <laughs> yeah. would be would be winning I believe that's it for this week really short episode really snappy really short I don't think there's anything else really to talk about that we'd like to talk about there's some things that we're not we're just not going to mention this week that we're not we're just not going to touch on yeah I, a good a good week a good exciting week everything's sort of building the cups the cups um, starting to get I mean it's weird isn't it it's getting to an exciting stage but it's kind of like a false summit because yeah. We know that the Super League teams are going to come in and completely like eradicate yeah. all of this that's important. But it's still like kind of building, feels like it's building towards something. All the leagues are taking place. The NRL's alive and kicking. Yeah. Oh, just gets just gets me going, mate. Just gets me going. Oh, and also Kevin Sinfield's been given the freedom of Oldham, I believe. Is it Oldham? Wow. Let's have a look. I, I saw it earlier on. What does that mean? He can do whatever he wants there. Not <laughs> legally, <laughs> legally, yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, so Kevin Sinfield um, has been given honorary, has been made an honorary freeman of his hometown. This bestowed its highest award on a rugby league legend. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, see, move over to Union, and all of a sudden the praise and recognition just comes free flowing in, doesn't it? It does, it does indeed. Uh, if you haven't seen Kevin Sinfield's. Um, conversion attempt or goal kick attempt from England Rugby Union training this week or last week check that out he kicks it from the touchline on the five metre line and nails it straight through the middle and I think it hits the far post and then through the posts wow so yeah still got it five metre from the touchline still got it eight years after he retired 
So what a man, what a man. And on that note, that's the end of episode seven, season two. I've been Brad, that's been Robin, and we've been brought to you by not many swinging arms and shoulder charges this week. They were brought to you by James Bentley and Morgan Knowles, and they've been bad <laughs> retrospectively. So we'll see them in two weeks, but you can see us next week for <laughs> episode eight. Uh, have a good evening, everybody, and enjoy your rugby league weekend. Thank you, everybody, and good bye. <laughs>